We're looking at Ephesians. We're on lesson number 16, and we're in Ephesians chapter number 5. I was looking through an old Bible. Every old Bible that I have that I preach out of, Ephesians has fallen out. Um, it is my go-to scripture. Uh, when I don't know what I want to read, I go to Ephesians. I love to study the book of Ephesians. Uh, I love the meat that's in here, and we've gotten to a lot of good things. And so if you remember, we were towards the end of chapter number 5, and we're going to start at verse 17. It says, Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So how many of you know we don't have to be unwise? We're not supposed to be under, unwise. And there's a lot of times people don't know. They say, well, I don't know what the will of the Lord is. Well, number one, the word of God is the will of God. Everybody say that. Say the word of God, word of God. is the will of God. So that's settled will. Like you don't have to ask God, is it your will to heal me? Because the will of God has been established that, that he, his will is that nobody perish. Right? The will of God has been established with healing. Jesus took stripes on his back so that you could be healed. Now, everyone doesn't receive their salvation, and salvation is even part of he healing is even a part of salvation, and everybody doesn't receive their healing, but the will of the Lord is that you be healed. Every born-again believer, it is the will of God that you be filled with the Holy Ghost. That popped up in my heart today. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you've been hanging around here, and you're thinking, well, I'm waiting for an opportunity to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Tonight is your night. Right here, Ollie and Nadir are going to take you back to the back room where they can minister to you, and you can leave filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues tonight. There is no reason for you to delay. You don't have to have a special meeting. You don't have to wait for the saturation meeting. That's clear into October. This is September, and you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, I mean, the will of God is clearly known. But there are some times where you don't know the will of God. You don't know. If you're single, you don't know who you're supposed to marry. There may not be that, you know, uh, there's, some there's some interesting things, you know. Hallelujah. Uh, um, glory to God. Uh, it's important. Right after salvation, it's pretty much right up there. Hallelujah. Um, you got to get it right. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost knows. doesn't mean the other person's, you know, if you know a female. It doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. He just may not be your guy. You just need to know. And if you are married, everybody say, I got the right one, baby. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, so some will is not uh, what you're supposed to be. Well, God created you in your mother's womb to do something. Um, and that is not just ministry. That's your life. And so we ought not tell our children you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up, baby. We ought to be telling them uh, we're going to help you discover who God has made you to be. Amen. 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 Because they're never going to be happy until they discover. Your destiny is not your decision. It's your discovery. That's right, sir. You discover who you are, who God created you to be in your mother's womb. Yeah. And then when you do that, you're going to be flat happy or joyous, any way you want to look at it. Not that life is always easy, but when you're doing what God has asked you to do, it sure is a whole lot easier. So those kind of things you need to ask, what is the will of the Lord? Well, he said, be not unwise, but understanding. And then he's about to tell you part of what is the will of the Lord. So the will of the Lord, people all the time about, well, I don't know the will of the Lord. A, the word of God is always the will of God, and you can know it, and you just have to uh, believe it and receive it. Number two, your personal life and what you're called to do in life, where you're called to work, uh, um, where you're supposed to live. How many of you know we ought not be just wandering around anywhere and doing anything we ought to do? I don't preach on this. This is Wednesday night. But you know what? Even where you go to church is really not your decision. It's your discovery. You're going to have to decide. But uh, um, I've had people move away, and they took a job for money. 
And they said, I sure wish there was a cornerstone down here. And I was like, well, there isn't one. There's only one in Madison, Alabama. But see, some people are called sometimes to move. You know, everybody, every pastor loves it when people move in. It's always the will of God when they move in. But it's never the will of God when they move out. It's funny that way. But that's not the truth. God does move people. God does move people to different things. But you ought to know you should never move for money. I'll say that aloud and proud. You should never move for money. That makes you money-minded. You move because the Holy Ghost, you should always pray about it. You should always ask him, is this your will? Listen, I got too many bad stories to tell you on that one. Kids serving God, parents move for money. I remember one time the, we were talking about double jubilee and somebody came to us and said, uh, I got a double on my job. I got exactly double. This has to be God. Did you pray about it? No, um, I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's double. Hallelujah. It's double. They went, their family got destroyed. Not, not a single child of the three serving God anymore. The mom prematurely died. Don't tell me it's not important. This is a good Wednesday night service. Hallelujah. This is important. Understand the will of the Lord. Uh, you know, so, um, <laughs> help me, Jesus. We're meddling. I need Pastor Rhonda's hand right now. Hallelujah. Um, I wouldn't let my teenager pull me out of a church. I've seen so many whining teenagers in 30 years. None of my friends go there. They don't like me there. They don't treat me well over there. That's a bunch of baloney. Our youth group's not perfect. Our youth minister's not perfect. But if you've got a problem, you need to go talk to them. Because a lot of times it's your teenager. And I've seen them pull people out of church, pull their parents out of church, out of their place. Listen to me. Teenage years are cruel. Does anybody want to go back? Jesus, no. Those are some of the worst years of my life. But don't let them dictate where you're supposed to be. And by the way, that iPhone is not theirs. It's yours. And if you want to look at it, you go ahead. Scroll through everything. Praise the Lord. Let's, I feel like I need to pray again. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, I ask you to think through my mind, speak through my lips as we look into the word of God. You got your broken heart healed, right? Listen to me. There's no church perfect. There's no pastor perfect. And my wife was here for you to heard a big amen. Um, we're not perfect. There's no youth pastors perfect. There's no children's pastors perfect. There's no place perfect. Work it out. If God called you to be somewhere, work it out. Don't let the devil offend you. Don't let anybody offend you. Work it out. Work it out. Oh, my goodness. Why? Okay. Why? Um, well, you know, even like this thing about submission to authority, even in our circles, maybe even a time in our church, it was taught wrong. Submission to authority doesn't mean you shut up and just let things happen that are wrong. Submission to authority means if you see something wrong, uh, you should say something about it, but not to anybody who can't do nothing about it. That's called gossip. But you ought to come to, if there's something in the youth group, then you ought to go to Robert or me. Amen. And we ought to work on it. Hallelujah. 
submission doesn't mean I just, if something's wrong, I just sit down and shut up. And then really what that does is then people just, they go their merry way. But also, praise the Lord, this is God, Jesus, I got a good message right here, Holy Ghost. Um, um, you know, uh, a lot of times, though, before people leave, uh, what they want to do is they want to find fault. So it's not their fault they're getting out of the will of God, it's yours. And so you got to be careful about this, some of this stuff. Father, I ask you to think through my mind, speak through my lips. I believe. Thank you for the word of God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5, 17. Be not unwise. Oh, I know how we got there. Got to know the will of God. I'm going to really, oh, my gosh. I would love to turn off the live stream right now. Um, but we won't. Don't do it. Um, I had some times in my life where I've been called to submit to someone that I, I allowed some people to talk me out of it. And I remember when I went to do it. Because uh, I was getting close to another ministry and being recognized in that ministry. And the ministry that I was involved in is much bigger. And I was getting involved in that and, uh, you know, felt pretty good about stuff. And I had some people within try to pull us off. And I really kind of went to do it because I was irritated about some stuff. And I began to pray about it. And the Lord said to me, the roof is good. Don't move until I ever tell you to move. Kept, that's how I prayed out. The roof is good. The roof is good. That sounds like a rap song. The roof is good. The roof is good. We'll get Daniel to work on it. Hallelujah. The roof is good. And uh, you know what? I'm glad I remained under my roof. I've gotten many valuable things out of it. Um, and, you know, listen to me. Things change. People change. Assignments change. But don't you change anything until the Holy Ghost tells you to change. Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Because in the will of God, you don't want to get out of the will of God. You don't want to be fighting demons and mountains and things that you were never assigned to fight. There are some things you were assigned to fight in your life. David was assigned to fight Goliath, but he won. And there are battles in life that you're going to have to, in order to get where you're going. I know we don't like this in Word of Faith circles, but you're going to, because this is the victory that overcomes. If you're going to overcome something, there are some things in your life you're going to have to overcome. It doesn't mean you're a great faith person because you never have a battle. You never know what kind of faith you got until you have a battle. But you're always going to win. It's just easier to win when you're in the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Be not unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord. Who's been praying around here? Uh, understand what the will of the Lord is. Everybody say, I understand. I understand. It says, and be not drunk with wine. Okay, now we can get going. And be not drunk with wine where is an excess. How many of you know uh, the drunkenness here is likened unto the Holy Spirit? And so we're not supposed to, I'm not going to get up here and preach, should you drink alcohol or not? No. Should you drink alcohol or not? No. Uh, should you drink it or not? No. Um, so I'm not going to get up and preach about it, but no. And so, um, because why, don't open the door. And listen, the higher you go up in God, the less privileges you got. And if you do, that's fine. But the Bible is very clear on this. Be not drunk. Which Amplified Classic says, which leads to debauchery. Really, it leads to inhibition so you can feel good about yourself. So that you don't, because I, I, you know, I've been, I grew up around some folks. Um, uh, you know, I had, I had other folks around and I was in high school. And a lot of times people got drunk 
so they could just feel free. But Jesus, that's, that's fake. That's fake. That's fake. That's, what G- that's why it's likened unto it. But the devil doesn't have anything original. He just, he just perverts the truth. And that's what drunkenness is, a perversion of the things of the Spirit. You know, and I even noticed some things in, um, and I, let, we'll get to it. Let's see if we can do this in order. Um, but, but be not drunk with wine with excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so that term, be filled with the Holy Spirit and be not drunk with wine. So I want to talk about that. So everybody in the room, I imagine it's a Wednesday night. Everybody's born again. Everybody believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Y'all believe that he was raised from the dead? Come on, shout, I'm born again. Isn't it good to be a new creature in Christ Jesus? Well, since you are, then you ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And that is an experience that happens after the new birth. And uh, it's really not up for debate. Um, It shouldn't be up for debate. I know it is in a lot of churches, but it's not up for debate in the Word. Jesus is the head of the church, and Jesus said that his children, his disciples, would be filled with the Holy Ghost, and they should speak with new tongues. And the only way you get those new tongues is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he told the children, uh, he told the ones that were born again, he said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then you know what happened in Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And cloven tongues of fire came and sat on them. Woo, Holy Ghost, come sit on us. He came and sat on them. And they were all filled. They were all filled. All 120, they were all filled because all means all. All means all. They were all filled. It wasn't just for a special few. It wasn't because if all were there ready to get filled, they all got filled. So anyone has ever told you that's not for you, that's a lie. If you're born again, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. What they under, don't understand is, yes, not everybody will give a prophecy and, uh, uh, you know, or give a message in tongues. That's not for everybody. But every born-again believer ought to be filled. Why? Because every born-again believer, listen to me, ought to get drunk. Amen. What? In the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I, I got word for you. I got word for you. I got word for you. Hallelujah. Uh, this is really important. And if the hour that you live in, you need to be more drunk than you ever have been drunk. And if you're frustrated right now, if you feel like a stick in the mud right now, if you feel like you're going through the motions, your problem is you need to get drunk. Uh, this is not a movement. You know, I, people back in the 90s, you remember when they, some of you don't remember, but those of you who were around in the 90s, there was a, a movement of joy and laughter. And, and then it kind of waned a little bit. But listen to me. I was laughing before there was a move of laughter because I found it in the Word of God. And the, the Bible says laughter does good like a medicine. And so that's not a movement. That's a word. And and just because it doesn't always happen, but you can always make it happen in your house, in your prayer closet, you ought to have some joy, you ought to have some victory, and you ought to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Some of you who were delivered from that other lifestyle, you found it easy to do on every Friday night. Why can't you find it easy to do on a Wednesday night? Why can't you find it easy to do on a Sunday morning? Why can't you find it easy to do on a saturation meeting? Hallelujah, because it is the will of the Lord. He said, be not unwise, but understand this is my will for you. Not to be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the will of God. Hallelujah. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 13. Remember, after they got off field, 120 of them came down, and there was this accusation. Because remember, they heard them praising God. 
They heard them lifting up their voice. They were just flat happy to be with God. They, the Holy Ghost just sat on them. They came out, and the Bible said, they, this is what they said about them. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. In other words, they look drunk. Now, I know you didn't learn this in your denominational church, and neither did I. And a matter of fact, I was told to stay away from these kind of people. But I am one of these people because it's the word, and it, there is benefit to it. And the reason that some people have so much problem, even with depression, even with uh, anxiety, even with things like that, the more you would get full of God, the less of those things would stay on you because those are in your soul. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it starts in your spirit, but it'll get off on your soul and it'll get off on your body. Hallelujah. It's a great thing when the Holy Ghost will take you by the nap of the neck and run you around the room to get some of that stuff off of you. Hallelujah. Cause you to laugh in the Holy Ghost. Look like a fool and everybody don't know what you're doing, but God's working on the inside of you. God's changing some things. Come on. The Holy Ghost is real. People in our circle say, well, you don't need to feel God. Well, yes, you do. You need to feel God. You need to feel him. He's real. He's real. He's real. I don't have to feel that I'm healed to get healed, but you ought to feel God every once in a while. You ought to let him get on you. It is his will that you be full of the Holy Ghost, that you get drunk with the power of God, that you would stagger around, not like you used to, but in God. And I'm not talking about being crazy down at the Walmart, you know, or, or at work. I'm not telling you to get up at work and do something silly. Because the Holy Ghost is not going to mess with everybody. But we need to be free. And, and this is a place where you need to be free. Well, Pastor Mark, some people get out of order. Oh, there's enough people that are just sticking the muds or wet blankets to put, you know, that, that's. But, but listen, listen, let's not be so stiff. Let, let, let's get loose. Hallelujah. How do you do that? Well, you're not going to do that unless you get drunk. Come on, some of you remember. I know, I know, I'm talking to some people. You remember after you go, and I know you don't do this anymore. But, you know, you remember when you used to go out on Saturday night, and then you end up at the, the Waffle House? Back in our area, it was called the Hen House. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And those waiters and waitresses, especially the waitresses, they was waiting on you because they know you were fixing to empty out your billfold to them. You were going to give the big because you was happy. You were as happy as you've ever been all week long, and you just emptied out your wallet, and then the Sunday morning or the Saturday morning when you woke up, you're like, where all my money go? And the, the waitress down at the Waffle House has it because you're generous and you were liberal and you were happy. Acting like a fool at the Waffle House, dancing on the table. Hallelujah. I know, I know some of you people. Well, if you used to do that for the devil, and that's fake, and that's fake. Come on. Even, even King David, before the infilling of the Holy Ghost, he was bringing in the Ark of the Covenant, and he got flat happy. He got flat happy, and he danced, and he danced, and he danced. That's a type. That's a type. 
He danced and he danced, and his old wife was up there looking and scowling the king's daughter, telling him, you need to settle down, you need to settle down. And he said, woman, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why was he that way? One of the th- what is, what's about David? He wasn't perfect. He messed up. But what did God like about him? He was a man after God's own heart. And I believe the Lord was joyous and happy that the Ark of the Covenant was going back where it needed to go. And I think that David picked that up. And man, even there's a lot to teach in there. Even though David didn't do it right the first time, cost a man his life. He didn't give up. He got, he got the, the Ark of Covenant. What does it mean? Gathered presence of God. Where's the Ark of the Covenant today? I know people don't like this, but it's you. It's Christ in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the temple ought to have a little more smile to it. The windows should be a little brighter. Amen? Be not unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine where it's excess, but be being filled. So I even found this. Let's look at this one. This is, I, I, I've never used this. Jeremiah chapter 2. I think it's verse 39. Or no, it's Jeremiah 23, verse 9. Jeremiah 23, 9. My heart within me is broken. The Lord had just given him a bunch of things that he was going to do for the children of Israel. This is, I, I don't have time to look at it all. My heart has been broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man. And like a man wh- whom wine hath overcome. Because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. This is not a bad thing. This is, I heard what the Lord said he was going to do for these people. And they don't even deserve it, but I heard what he's going to do. And it really got into my bones and caused my bones to shake a little bit. I, I feel like a drunken man who, uh, who that, that wine has overcome. And why am I that way? Because of the words of the Lord. Because of his holiness. I mean... Even in the old covenant, which we say, you know, that, you know, God came upon them. But e- even that, like uh, uh, the prophets, they had the spirit of God on them. You remember uh, King Saul? Remember the first king? Yeah. And again, not a perfect man. We all qualify for this, y'all. Jesus is the one that made us perfect. But even Saul, who, who, you know, they wanted a king. And, and the first time he came up, remember with those company of prophets. If you studied out a little bit, they were doing a little dancing. They were happy, and, and they, the Spirit of God came on him and changed him into another man. If that can happen in an old covenant, how much more can it happen for you who are born again, changed from the inside and changed from the outside? Hallelujah. Better than being Superman. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how do we get this way? Well, John 7, 37, 39, Jesus said this. He said, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, and they were having a feast that uh, had to do with water. And he cried, and he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Do any thirsty people? Y'all thirsty. I'm I'm asking a silly question. Y'all thirsty. Let him come in me and drink. So Jesus has got what we need, but we have to do what? Come. And how, how do you receive from the Lord? By faith. Right? So he's ready. Our response is faith. I respond, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm going to come to you. And then verse 38 says what? 
It says, he that believes on me out of the scripture is said, out of his belly, yeah. out of your inner being, out of your cardia, out of your belly will flow what? Rivers. Rivers of what? <laughs> Rivers of what? Listen, y'all, there's something in the water. <laughs> it's better than new wine, but that's what it's compared to. There is something in the water. There's something in the water that not only uh, helps you, because remember that verse 39, it says it does what? It springs up, verse 39, but I spake of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And then it talks about, at other places in the Scripture, um, John uh, 4, 4 talks about um, how this spring, it springs up to everlasting life. But then the baptism of the Holy Ghost talks about rivers. So we got a spring working on the inside, spring up a well. We got, the, we got the well of the Holy Ghost, which, what is it? It's living water. I wish I could get it to you. There is something in the water called life. It's the zoe. And that life, when you touch it, it touches you. It changes you. Yes, from the inside out. But then Jesus said, out of your belly, once you've got that well in you, then that well, will, it'll bless you. But then that well also becomes a river. And then it says, not just a river, rivers. And what is that? Those are rivers of life. Remember in Revelation, there's, Jesus is the source of the river. Out of the throne room flows a river. A river of what? Living water. And then you get a picture. It says wherever that river goes, it brings life to. And there's trees along there. And there's fruit on there for healing. Listen to me. Once you had a dip. See, our hearts around here, you should be hungrier than anybody because once you've tasted of that, nothing else is going to do. Do you remember in the the old covenant when they rebuilt the temple? Everybody was happy and they rejoiced except for a few folks hanging in the back because the glory didn't come like it did the first time. The priests weren't all laying on the ground like the first time. It's good, but it's not, there's no glory. There's no presence of God. Because remember in the first temple, for the Lord is good, they offered a sacrifice, they're all unity, one accord, the glory fell. When they had to rebuild it, it was maybe as beautiful or more beautiful, but there wasn't that. And so while the young folks was happy with that, the old folks was, that's good. But I know a God who comes in power and glory. It is our responsibility as a generation to make sure the next generation sees the glory. Let's not let it go away. I remember when Brother Hagin went home to be with the Lord, one of the things he warned us as pastors He said, uh, if you all don't straighten up, basically, these are my words, not exactly his. If you all don't straighten up, a move of God is going to be lost to the next generation. Well, I've watched it with my own eyes. But we're not going to let that happen here. And we haven't. But can we go deeper? You know what I think I like about the river? It talks about it in Ezekiel, that it can be at the ankle. It can be knee deep. It can be waist deep. Or you can go a swimming. 
Come on. Y'all, Cornerstone, we're not ankle waders around here. Knee wading's hard because you're still in control. It's just easier to go swimming. It's just easier to let the Lord take you. But out of your belly, what? Flow what? And what do those rivers do? They're full of life. And what will, ha- what will happen is what the Bible talks about. You'll be drunk. Now, you don't have to put it on. Well, you have to put him on. But I'm not saying you have to make it up. So, Pastor Mark, you're, you're supposed to, I'm supposed to fake it. No, I'm not talking about faking it. But how many, oh, this, this is not the direction I thought we were going, but it's a good direction. The whole night's been amazing. Hallelujah. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 14. How do we get there? Let's do this. How do we get there? Because it goes on to say, speaking to yourselves in what? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So a way to get full of the Holy Spirit is to speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But I, I want to I do this. It's kind of not the way I was going to do it, but this seems good. 1 Corinthians 14. I want to look at um, this. Wherefore, let, uh, verse 13, 14, 13. For let, let him speak in an unknown tongue, pray that he may be interpreted. So listen, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you can be filled tonight if you're not filled, uh, Ali and Nadir will take you, they'll help you. Because everybody ought to be able to speak to themselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sometimes in our um, spirit-filled circles, and I do believe, I say this wrong sometimes, the Lord corrects me, corrected me today as I was studying. I do believe there can be an office or a ministry of a psalmist. Actually, when Cindy Black was here, you saw part of that. That came from a prophet's office, but a, a psalmist. Um, so, but, but a psalmist, if they're going to be in, they're, they're not necessarily in the five-fold ministry, but they've been given a gift for psalms and hymns. But listen, uh, there in, in, in Ephesians 5, it says that you all, so that's everybody in this room, you ought to be able to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're like, what? Yeah. Because the Lord wouldn't tell you. So what's the purpose? Well, it's a spiritual thing that will do what? It'll fill you up. And we may never record one of yours. We may never put it out on a CD. It may not be good enough for YouTube, but that's irrelevant. And if God says that you can have this, what is it? It'll, it'll tickle you. It'll thrill you. It'll help you because you'll know those are all three here. It's not talking about, um, uh, yes, the Psalms are the Psalms, but he's talking about something inspirational. He's talking about something on the moment that the Holy Ghost gives you. One, you know, a, a psalm is a poem or an ode, so it can be sung or spoken. A hymn is really more like an anthem. It's a victory. It's a this. A spiritual song usually has a little more doctrine in it. Um, and a lot of times it can be before or after a message to uh, reemphasize what the Holy Ghost is saying. And or you can do this, any of those things on your own. I just want to tell you a quick way to start it. So Psalms, I mean, 1 Corinthians 14. Wherefore let him speak in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is a fruitful. How you know when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you, give, you build yourself up according to Jude 20. The Lord wouldn't promise that for a few people and not for every people. Nobody's excluded, no matter what they told you. It's not your gift. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, is for every born-again believer Amen. who will believe. 
And it says, if I pray. If I what? Pray. pray. So you can pray. And like if you come to a prayer meeting around here and they're praying in unknown tongues, people say all the time, well, you guys are out of order. We're not out of order. We're praying in tongues. I'm not up preaching a sermon. We're praying. And God understands us when we pray. My spirit prays. My understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. So that doesn't mean I, I'm in my spirit and then I switch to my mind. What it means is I pray in the spirit and then from that place, words of my known language, English, Spanish, Chinese, whatever your known language is, then you'll pray with that as well. It's inspiration. It doesn't switch from the spirit to the mental. And this says, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So this is... Um, what I tell people, and I don't usually do this in church, I usually do this in school stuff that I do, but this is how you can sharpen yourself for psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. An easier way to do it is to begin with singing in tongues. And you can start with a known song because you already know what it is in English. Make sure it's an inspired song. Make sure it's um, a Holy Ghost song. Make sure it's a word song. I'm not talking about singing, um, you know, Van Halen or anything. I'm talking about, you know, or Dolly Parton or, or Luther. I, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, or Aretha. I'm talking about singing um, a, a song from heaven that somebody has penned. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship. Or you could do this. Yo celebre, bostolo pristala, bostolo mo celebasi. I love you, Lord. And what you sing in a known song, you go back and forth, and then you get bold, and then you kind of change the melody. And you're singing in a tongue, being led by the Holy Ghost. And then, though, then this is where you got to do it. Then you step on over. And then you use your faith. And it could be like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, if you believe, I sing with the Spirit and I sing with the understanding also. And what will happen is it will begin to bless you in a different way because it's all faith. And the Holy Ghost and you are doing something together. It's not coming out your head. It's coming out your heart. Well, that's good for you, Pastor Mark. Well, I may have practiced a little more than you, but it's good for you. I tell you all the story. You know, I did the first time was before I went to Bible school, so this was in the uh, late 80s, but I went behind my mom and dad's barn because I got filled with the Holy Ghost singing, and so that's what I did all the time. So, well, that's because you're comfortable with this. No, but it's in the Word. That's why I'm comfortable with it. Because if I if I had done something that wasn't in the well, number one, you couldn't do something that wasn't in the word. Even if you didn't know it was in the word, you gotta find it in the word. When you find it in the word, your faith will grow. And so when I found it in the word, my faith really grew. And I could, so I stepped up and began to do it. You know, um, and then if you do that, then you can turn it into Colossians 3:16. It says to speak to one another. But you, you know, people who want to speak to one another, you can't ever speak to one another until you first, first spoke to yourself. Because people are not practice. And that's why we don't let people just go around prophesying to everybody around here. Because if we don't know you and they don't know you, people didn't come for, I don't mean this wrong, no, listen to me, in a bigger church. Maybe in your smaller church, it was, a, it was everybody prophesied to everybody. Well, that's fine because that's the order of the house. But in this house, we don't do that. Why? Well, because people don't know you. 
Well, it's from the Lord. Well, then you go see Pastor Belinda, Pastor JC, or somebody, tell them you got something for somebody, you get permission first. Because that's order. Well, it'll go away. Well, then it's not the Holy Ghost. It's not. The Bible says, even for prophets, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, you can hold it. Well, I can't hold it. Then it's the wrong spirit. It's the wrong spirit. It's the wrong spirit. Well, it's right. That's not how you judge prophecy. Did that bear with? Is that right? And I know people do that, but just is it right is not necessary. Is it accurate is not because familiar spirits can be accurate. Just ask Cleo or whoever. Just ask this little girl in the Bible, right? It's familiar spirits. Accuracy is not how we judge uh, utterances. It's part of it, but does it come from the Lord? Does it does it edify? Does it build up? And really someone trying to tell you your future that's not a prophet is operating by familiar spirits. Because uh, that's, uh, if the Holy Ghost manifests that way, but usually, listen, my goodness, we've covered a lot of ground tonight. Hallelujah. But listen, if someone's doing that, usually the Lord will use you with people you're familiar with. Occasionally, that, well, how did the Lord have me use it with this, with, you know, I, I don't know him very well, but we're in a service, the, we're up ministering, and, you know, even that I was cautious about because I don't want to send, so, and I wanted to make sure it was God because I don't want to send somebody who doesn't understand. That's like throwing your pearls before swine. They don't get it. They don't understand it. So you got to make sure it's God. Do I believe in evangelism where you're out ministering to somebody? Yeah, but if you're ministering one-on-one to somebody, if all those ministering to somebody and they're talking and then, you know, and they're there, then that's them giving him permission. Not, I don't know you, and I come up and says, thus says the Lord, you know, and I'm just a person sitting behind you who wants to say something. Just because you put thus says the Lord on it doesn't make it in order, doesn't make it right. Praise the Lord. Be not drunk with wine, where is it excess? But be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I can hear, listen, it doesn't mean that I know everything, doesn't mean that I'm, I'm concerned about your gift. That, that it's going to overtake around here. That's not what I'm concerned about. What I'm concerned about is decent and order, and I'm, what I'm concerned about is protecting you, the one who does that, and the person more protecting the person who's receiving. Amen. Amen. That's like even, my goodness, this is a good night. It's like even people don't understand. Some of you are new to the church. Why don't we let everybody just come up and lay hands on people while we're in a prayer line? Because, A, that's out of order. <laughs> And unless I ask you to come do that, um, then, then, you know, the anointing goes in, but you don't want to have distractions. And even sometimes when husband and wives come up together, I have them quit holding hands if I'm ministering healing to one. Yes, you know, um, there, but there's some principles here that I don't have time to get into. But there's reasons that we do. It's not because we think we're all that and we know everything. It's we're just trying to do it the way the Lord said do it. But when you have this, the, talking about getting drunk, um, then there's other things you have to do, but we can do it around here. Amen. So what a lot of times happens is the reason that people, you don't hear this anymore, is because people have, give, pastors have given up because it gets out of order. And then instead they just shut the Holy Ghost down. I am not going to shut the Holy Ghost down. Because I don't know how to be anything without him. I don't know how to be Mark without him. 
how to get off on that. Sing in tongues. <laughs> Ask the Lord to interpret it. It'll bless you. And then you can minister. That's where we got. Then you can minister to other people. You say, well, you said I couldn't. Yeah, but there will be seasons and there will be places and there will be groups and friends. And, um, you know, some of you ought to get together more and have, instead of just dinner, have dinner and prayer and, and, and practice these things and, and get together with one another. Hallelujah. Be, you know, on, on your own. Do, yeah, just do it. Hallelujah. Where are we? Hallelujah. We're giving thanks. Aren't, the last one. Let's look at the last one. Give thanks. Give thanks. Ephesians 5.20. Hallelujah. I know we went everywhere. Who's ever up there? Ephesians 5.20. Give thanks how often? Always. For all things. Now see that? We get for all things. doesn't mean you're giving. I don't. Lord, thank you for cancer. Well, he didn't give it to me. So it's not talking about that. So it's talking for all things that he's given. Thanks, God. So you ought to know what he's given. But thank, thanks, giving thanks always for all things, what? Unto God and to the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I should be a person of thanksgiving. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians um, 5.18. In everything, so for all things and in everything. So it doesn't matter what circumstance I'm in. Even if a bad thing happens, in that bad circumstance, what am I supposed to be doing? Giving thanks to God. I'm not giving thanks to God for the car wreck. I'm giving thanks to God for delivering it out. Yeah, but it got totaled. Yeah, but you're alive. Yeah, I don't have insurance. Yeah, but you're a tither and God will get you something better. Uh, we were just uh, up in uh, Illinois and uh, we were doing something up there. What was I doing? Oh, uh, when um, my pastor went home to be with the Lord and then we just stuck around went to a Nancy Dufresne meeting uh, and Champagne, our good friends, uh, Trent and Rhonda. And uh, while we were there, some things going on. But their daughter, um, the day after we left, she got into a car wreck and totaled her car that she had, she had just told us that while we were eating out that night how she had believed God for it. And it was paid off and it was a really good car and she was happy. It got totaled. And she, she's fine. So I had this thought come up in me. There's no way that we're going to let the devil do that. And so the Lord put it on my heart, somebody else's heart, somebody else's heart. He put a big one on, he put big on their heart. And by the time that girl got done, I, I don't know what she had before, but I, I think she's driving either a Mercedes or a Beamer right now. <laughs> Do you remember which one? I think it's a Beamer. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she didn't get in a bad attitude about it. Why, God? Why, God? There was none of that that came out of her mouth. The Lord gave me that one. He'll give me something better. What is that? Giving thanks in all things. Y'all, that's hard for us. It's good to say, easy to say amen to. But it's harder to do. But if you put this in practice, it'll change you. Giving thanks in all things and for all things. Uh, Hebrews 13, 15, by him let us offer the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Um, giving thanks unto his name. So what are, what are these lips for? Well, they're to give thanks. They're to give thanks. So thanksgiving ought to be able to come out of us. This is what I had in my heart to finish. Let's look at Psalms 100. And you all stand up. We're going to read Psalms 101 through 5. We're going to close tonight. This is what I had in my heart. The way to close. We'll read through it first. And then we're going to do it together. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
We got joy. We got come before his presence with singing. Verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. And that he is, he is the one that made us. And not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And come into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So let's go back to verse number one. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're joyful. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. You are the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. I rejoice in you, and I am glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 2, serve the Lord with what? So more gladness and some singing. Hallelujah. So be glad and sing just a little bit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You are good. You are good. You are good. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Know the Lord, he is God, and he that made us, and we are not of ourselves. We are a people, sheep of his pasture. Verse 4. Enter into his gates with, we're going to do some more thanksgiving. So let's just do this. Lift up both of your hands. Lord, we're so grateful. We are grateful. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for restoring us. Oh, let's thank him for restoring us. Thank you, Lord, for restoring us. Thank you, Lord, for restoring. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for restoration. Thank you, Lord, for restoring us. Thank you, Lord, for restoring us. We love you. We love you. We love you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. We are the sheep of your pasture. You are our God. Besides you, there's none other. We are grateful. We are grateful. Verse 5. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. So let's say this. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Let's worship him with that. Lord, you are good. You are good. You're good. Every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness. You've been good to us. You're so good. But you are good and your mercy endures forever. You are good and your mercy. You are good. 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 Hallelujah. I don't know. We'll do this. I feel like we need, we got a little more in this. You know, December of, <laughs> uh, what was that now? This is 23. That would be 22 or 21 that it happened the first night. 21. December of 21, he said, told us as a church to rejoice. And so we've been doing it. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we can do it more at home. And, but we're here. And so I just feel like, you know, hmm. Some praise is in the room. Some rejoicing is in the room. And I feel like something's going to change. Hallelujah. 
So let's rejoice a little bit before we go. We rejoice. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> we rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord. We rejoice in you, Lord. We rejoice in you. We praise you. You are good. You are good. Besides you, there's none other. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Hallelujah. Now, I encourage you, go home and, and, and sing a little bit in the spirit and Step out a little bit, and if you do that, I believe God's going to get you some good stuff. Amen.